Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, November 28th, 544 a.m. Central Time. We've got December corn futures down three at 665. January soybeans down seven and a quarter at 1429. December Chicago wheat down seven and a half at 768. December Kansas City wheat up one at 923. December spring wheat up nine and a quarter at 966 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. As always, ratings and reviews, very much welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, leave me a comment. If you've got basis updates, weather updates, any opinion on anything that I say here, drop it in the comments, all that stuff really helps YouTube to help me to grow this channel. If you guys would like some additional information from me, I know I talk about the premium subscription every day, guys. Today, I believe, is the day to sign up if you're thinking about it. I've got a video I'm going to blast out to the premium subscribers uh, later this morning regarding the expansion in U.S. soybean crush. We've got all these new crush plants going up around the country. I was joined by a guest for this video. Steve Nicholson from Rabobank did an absolutely fantastic job of explaining the situation, the implications on the market. If you guys were thinking about subscribing, today's the day to do it. Remember, it's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel at any time. There's no other fee. There's no other obligation. You're just to get all this info from me sign up this morning you'll see this uh u.s crush expansion video uh this morning about 10 30 a.m via uh via text message uh great day to sign up if you have not already guys Protests have erupted in China amid new COVID lockdowns. Authorities in Shanghai constructed barriers around a key city center where hundreds of people protested strict COVID containment measures. Large protests noted in Shanghai, Beijing, uh, university campuses across the country. One protester quoted in a Reuters piece said this, We hope to end the lockdown. We want to live a normal life. We should all bravely express our feelings. Daily Chinese COVID cases spiked above 40,000, according to official Chinese numbers, for the first time ever on Monday. Uh, crude oil trading sharply lower, along with global equities, which are off marginally. Traders and analysts uh, continue to argue that concerns regarding the, China, the Chinese economy are to blame uh, for some of these weaker markets. Now, this stuff and, and the first like four headlines I've got here are all like bearish soybean headlines, yet the market's still holding up really well, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, there's concern regarding Chinese demand for everything from crude oil to soybeans to corn. I mean, you name it. Uh, this is an, an ongoing and fluid situation. But COVID in China, protests in China, the prospect of, of slowing economic activity in China, this is all problematic stuff. In another uh, bearish soybean story, Argentina will revive the uh, soy dollar system uh, for another month. So this is a currency measure uh, that's being put in place again in order to boost soybean exports and help uh, the government raise some cash, I guess. So they essentially provide the government, the Argentina government, will provide soybean exporters with a special exchange rate beginning today. It'll run through December 30th. 230 pesos per dollar. Uh, the uh, official rate is 166. So this is is meant to incentivize soybean growers to sell beans. A lot of farmers in Argentina are holding on to beans as a, as a hedge against inflation. Uh, so a lot of analysts now believe that this that this uh, factor will help to increase soybean exports out of Argentina and will impact U.S. soybean exports negatively. You know, there's this general thought here that maybe these new beans out of Argentina will be enough to to carry. Uh, 
global buyers over until the Brazilian crop uh, comes online, China in particular. So is this a big time negative for U.S. soybean exports? I don't know. Uh, we did not have a good week of sales last week. I'll discuss that in a second. So it's, it's not a positive. Does it add any beans to the global balance sheet? No, but uh, short term here, yeah, it could be kind of a negative factor. Uh, Brazilian weather is still pretty favorable. So on the left, if you're watching on YouTube here, on the left, this is total uh, accumulated precipitation over the last seven days. So a lot of areas caught some rain. And then this is the GFS on my right uh, through December 9th. And just about everywhere in Brazil is going to catch some rain here over the next uh, 10 or 11 days. Uh, so the forecast for Brazil is, is I would say, neutral to bearish. Uh, the market, the potential for a record soybean crop, very much intact. Uh, Brazil's second and larger corn crop is not planted until like January or February, so we don't know much about that yet. You know, March, April, May are the big soybean harvest months in Brazil, although you may see some early harvest a little bit before that. U.S. soybean export sales, again, were disappointing last week. USDA released a holiday-delayed export sales report on Friday. U.S. exporters sold a net total of just 690,000 uh, metric tons of beans on the week. That's 25 million bushels. China's still the largest buyer, but that's not a good number. Corn sales were good at 1.8 million metric tons. Now, a good portion of that was previously announced uh, via flash sale to Mexico, so we kind of knew that that was coming. Wheat sales were better at 512,000, and uh, that was largely in part to a previous sale announced to Iraq. Accumulated soybean commitments uh, in terms of export sales for the current marketing year are the fourth best of the last 10 years, so you're slightly above average. Corn commitments are the third worst during the last of the last 10 years. A lot of that has to do with the lack of Chinese buying versus the last couple of years. Wheat commitments, still the worst in at least two decades, probably more than that. Congress is likely to intervene ahead of any U.S. rail workers strike. Uh, Representative Brian Fitzpatrick, he's a Republican from Pennsylvania, told reporters on Sunday that Congress would not let a national rail worker strike hurt the U.S. economy. He told Fox News Sunday that Congress would not let a strike happen should negotiations fail. In regard to a strike, he said this, that's for sure. It would be devastating to our economy. So we'll get to a resolution one way or the other. Uh, Fitzpatrick is the co-chief of the Problem Solvers Caucus, a bipartisan group of 58 law lawmakers. So I don't know. This is kind of what I've heard, generally speaking, is that if, if they don't come to some sort of agreement, Congress is going to step in front of this thing uh, before any real damage is done. We've got a big week of economic data. We've got our second look at uh, third quarter GDP on Wednesday, unemployment jobs report on Friday, construction spending, ISM manufacturing out on Thursday. OPEC Plus will meet on Sunday, that's the 4th, to discuss oil output. So you got a whole bunch of stuff coming your way in terms of uh, macroeconomic outside-related stuff uh, here this week. Uh, Wednesday is first notice day for December grain futures. If you guys have any remaining open positions there, make sure you take a look. We've got a holiday-delayed commitment of traders report from CFTC this afternoon. Uh, cattle market was lower Friday, but cash cattle was actually much better last week. 154 to 155 in the south, 56 to 158 in the north. Uh, we'll see how the board acts today. Outside markets, U.S. dollars marginally lower. The stocks are off. Uh, the S&P is down 35. The Dow's down 210. Gold's up four bucks. Crude oil getting beat up down two dollars and forty-seven cents at seventy-three eighty-two in the January WTI. Have a great week, guys. I will talk to you same time tomorrow.